Steve Dodd had the great suggestion yesterday to make today's more scientific discussion about supplements. And this is, again, one of those things that I, I probably get asked multiple times a day. So let's start with the performance side, because I, I think it's it's just easier to say there's not that much that can really help you. But like 99.9% .9 of the things that you see on the market are, are mostly hype. Uh, most of them have very little, if any, research whatsoever. And so you have to make a decision if that's worth a gamble. Is it worth rolling the dice just to you know see if something works? And uh, the, the allure is is unbelievable. We all know when you see an advertisement on TV and you take this little vitamin pill or this supplement and it's going to improve your memory and or this is going to improve your testosterone and this is going to help you lose weight. It is so incredibly difficult to not buy into those things. And when I was a 14, 15 year old kid, I was already lifting weights and I would go to our vitamin store, our little local vitamin store. And I was, I was reading muscle and fitness and flex magazine since I was 12 years old. And so I would see these advertisements. I would even these little filler articles, like somebody would write an article about some vitamin and how, if you just take this vitamin, it's going to help your workout. I would literally go take my allowance money you know, once a month to, to the vitamin store and buy something. I, my entire budget was I could go buy one bottle of something at the vitamin store once a month for like, you know, 10 or 15 bucks, some vitamins, some, something I read in the magazine, but it was just that much of a draw because it, they said, you're going to get these results. So, you know, skip forward to the point where probably in my early to mid twenties, creatine came out. And, and here was something that actually worked. Like you could take this supplement and you could feel it work. You could feel the, the hardness and the density in your muscle tissue. You could feel the strength. And, and of course, creatine is an enzyme in your body that, that resynthesizes ATP in your muscle tissue. So if you're in the middle of doing a set, it's resynthesizing ATP faster. So you might get that one or two extra reps that set. It, it has an osmotic value, so it draws water into the muscle cells, so you feel fuller. Uh, you may recover faster. It's the most researched supplement on the planet in, in the history of, of you know, supplements, and, and it has value. It increases strength. It increases performance, but it's also very, very short-lived in that if you take this and you're having those effects, it's not necessarily translating to lean body mass or strength that you maintain. Uh, and, and we talked about this, the, the reason Steve brought this up to talk about is I mentioned that it's, it's endogenous. It's something that our body creates anyway. And so we run the risk of taking this and our body starts suppressing its own production. And are there detrimental ramifications to that? That, you know, does that decrease your body's ability to produce it later? And, and the reason I bring up creatine and the fact that it's the most researched supplement in the history of supplements, not a lot of other things are researched well. And if there is any research at all, this is how it happens. About 20 or 25 years ago, one study on CLA, conjugated linoleic acid comes out and they said, oh my gosh, this supplement can, can increase your fat loss by 50%. If you take this little gel cap of CLA, you will lose 50% more body fat than diet alone. And so this became a $100 million supplement overnight. Everybody was taking it. Well, then people started looking and said, okay, wait a second. 
they did this study on like six obese women who weren't working out. And, you know, for a two or four week period of time, you know, the people who took it, they, they lost, uh, you know, one pound and the people who didn't take it lost half a pound. Is that really valid? Is that really scientific? So they reproduced the study several times and they found out, yeah, never mind, it, it doesn't do anything for you. You know, after everybody in the country was already taking it. Uh, so imagine the fact that most of the supplements you probably take have zero research. And, and you know, some of them are, are, are hypotheses like, well, we've, we see this or we note this anecdotally, so maybe, and then they'll do some kind of generic little, you know, maybe in-house quote study. Uh, and, and, you know, th th there's always somebody who's, who's just trying to sell something. And the, the next level, of course, is to then sponsor some kind of a, a real study, like, like pay a university. So EAS, Experimental Applied Science, huge supplement company in the 90s, you know, they're, they're making money hand over fist. They're making just hundreds of millions of dollars through their, their publishing arm and their uh, Bill Phillips ends up buying, you know, he's, he's the publisher. He ends up buying EAS. He was very much, uh, you know, tied into metrics when it first came out. He was always you know, having Dr. Connolly in his magazines. And so he buys this and, and he's now he's looking to make money. He's producing protein powder, things like this. And he hears about HMB. And uh, this is a product that's, you know, a metabolite of a, an amino acid. And supposedly, if you take this, it's going to help you build more muscle, lose more body fat, increase performance. It's kind of a, a you know, it's a, it's, it's part of uh, one of the um, uh, branch chain amino acids, I believe. And, and he sponsors this university study. And very recently, we have seen that there have been people in university science labs when when they're being paid and, and and these supplement companies are donating money to their lab to then do studies on their products gee ironically those studies end up pretty favorable toward the supplements from the donors who are who are you know paying for the studies and there have been people who have almost been academically canceled uh, you know, because of those associations and because of some impropriety in their studies. So all of that, just to say, anything that you take, I think you deserve it to, to yourself and to your health and potentially negative effects to, to look and see what kind of research is behind it. Maybe wait and not be an early adopter, but wait and see if it's, there are any negative effects, because these are things that could literally harm you. I mean, I mean, imagine taking something and, you know, you, you, just because somebody said it was great, you saw an advertisement, and then a year later, you find out that, wow, you, you now have a 60% chance of having cancer or organ failure or something because, well, gosh, you know, we didn't study that, but it sure sounded good at the time. Those are the kind of risks that you take since the FDA does not regulate the supplement industry. So that is a backdrop. What would I, what would I recommend taking? Uh, I think somebody had mentioned on here, uh, matter of fact, that Dr. Bill Campbell at University of South Florida. Uh, he was the former president of the International Society of Sports Nutrition. He recently posted in, in his social media that there were only, I think, three supplements he would take. Uh, one of them was creatine for performance, as long as you're taking it appropriately and cycling on and off. Uh, the other one was caffeine. 
And if he had a third, it might've been like amino acid supplements, branch chain aminos, glutamine, things like that. He may not have even said that. It may have just been those two. I don't want to misquote him. But, uh, but the, the, the value there is the fact that this is a guy who is a scientist. He does research on, on things like this. And, and I can tell you right now, because that's my entire list as well, he's basing that on the fact that there is actual research there and there is value and there are even safety studies showing how much you can take and so forth. So, so why would he say, you know, um, you know, caffeine or pre-workouts are a good supplement? Because caffeine is an ergogenic substance. When you take it, it it's excitatory for your nervous system and you can do more work. Uh, for the average person, if you take a certain amount of caffeine before you go work out, before you do cardio, you're, you're going to get more work out of that. You're, you're going to actually produce a, a higher response. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to take it because you also increase your chance of hypertension and things like that. And, and it's very adaptive. The, the more caffeine you take, the more it takes for you to actually get that same level of effect. So even saying that that one is worthwhile because it has been studied and it has a, a legitimate effect doesn't mean you need it. And, and so it, it's something that I tend to try and use as responsibly as possible. I don't use it for every workout. Um, I, I, I never take even the full dose because those doses have really increased. The, the, the safety recommendations are like, like 200 milligrams of caffeine or less per day. And so that was always the, the top end of the dose of these supplements, whether it was a powder drink mix or capsules, you know, it would kind of be there. But then people started trying to one-up each other and pretty soon it was 250 and then 300. And now there are some of these extreme supplements that have 400 milligrams of caffeine in a dose. And so people report, oh, it's great. It's great. I go in there and, you know, I'm red and tingly and I, you know, in all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you're going to have a freaking stroke. I mean, you're, you're literally, you know, in that hypertensive state. And that may feel great when you're doing a one rep max on a deadlift. But if you get used to that, you know, you're creating a hypertensive response in the, in the cell walls of your vascular system and you could regret it later in life. I mean, you, you actually could end up with, with vascular injuries, you know, aneurysm type, type things because you've taken too much caffeine for the last 20 or 30 years. So uh, real briefly on, on the, the branch chain aminos and amino acids, kind of that third category I mentioned, those are the elements of protein powder broken down in, in you know, partitioning sense. So, so you're getting these things in your body. You're getting those amino acids directly in higher concentrates. And, and that could be a, a benefit to you. But again, the irony is they do studies on these things and they show, well, there's actually no increased lean body mass. There's actually no increased strength. There's no increase anything. If you're taking those, with a diet that already satisfies your needs for protein, because you're just adding a broken down nutrient partition supplement on top of your already adequate protein intake. And so it's just, it's like eating that 10th bite of chicken breast when nine would have done the trick. And, but again, if, if you want to use it in place of protein, if it's pre-workout, intra-workout, post-workout, you don't have time for food or you don't want the food, that could be a, a spot for a supplement like that. And, and it takes the place of protein. So all of the other sports or performance type supplements, 
I, I think you really have to look at, at studies. I, I'll give you one more example. When, when Androstein first came out, which is the, a, a precursor to testosterone, uh, these were kind of the pro-hormone crazes that also came out in the 90s. People could take that stuff, and I tried it as well, and, and you could note a really favorable response. I mean, you just, you felt it at the time. Uh, it, at least I did. And since placebo effect is about 40% of, of the ball game, you know, maybe I just wanted to feel it. I don't know, because I never did blood work. I didn't, I didn't draw blood pre-workout take that supplement and then draw blood post-workout and see if it really changed my testosterone. We do know through studies that if you're low in testosterone and maybe there's a factor because you're not getting the nutrients you need to create it, then maybe those pro-hormones pro did work for you. Uh, Tribulus was one that, that had a, a claim uh, if I remember right, it was something like this can increase your testosterone by up to 323% or something like that. And the, the key is in that phrase up to, because some people could take it and it did nothing at all. So other people could take it and there, there were studies showing that there was an increase. So again, you know, what would that even amount to? Let's say the average increase was, you know, 15 or 20%. And so your testosterone went from 500 nanograms per deciliter to 520, you know, for that one little brief period of time. Does that really increase lean body mass at all? Does it increase? You know, absolutely not. You need to go into the thousands. You, you need to quadruple that to have any effect. So this one little supplement, I guarantee you, is doing absolutely nothing for people unless you want to count that placebo effect. If, 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 if you think that, man, if I take this, I'm going to feel great in the gym and it makes you have your best workout ever, you know, then maybe it's worth your 40 bucks just to have the best workout ever because you think that supplement's going to do it for you. But again, you're risking danger to your body if, if there is harm there that is not well known or researched versus is it really doing anything for me?